Hi, welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian, and we are doing take two of this podcast because something weird happened to my microphone on the last one, and I realized that the second half of the podcast was incredibly loud. And honestly, I can think of nothing worse than listening to a podcast, and all of a sudden, halfway in, your ear balls just get like completely blown out. So I was like, I'm going to re-record this so that I don't make anyone hate me because I want you to listen to this podcast, not not listen to this podcast. You know what I'm talking about. Anyways, today we are going to, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a topic that can cause a lot of frustration when you're making changes to your eating habits, especially if you are on a newer path, or if you are looking to break away from rules and actually do things, understanding why am I doing these things in my nutrition? And that is how to get more protein in your diet. And my goal with this episode is for you to better understand how to get more protein on your plate, how to make it easier, why this is important, and also what benefits you're going to get out of it. So let's go. And just to be clear, I'm not going to dive into macronutrients, so protein, fat, and carbs in this episode, because I have linked an episode of the Be Well Cartel podcast in the show notes. That's the other podcast that I host. And we did a really amazing deep dive on the three macronutrients last year. And I think the three of us together do a way better job of breaking down protein than I could just do here by myself. So that said, there are a few reasons why you might want to consider boosting your protein intake. And so maybe you notice that you're kind of snacky all the time. You feel like you're always hungry. Maybe you notice your hair and nails aren't as shiny or strong as they could be. Maybe you really struggle to recover from your workout. So you feel like you're sore for longer than, than is maybe normal. Or maybe you find yourself getting sick or feeling kind of crappy a lot of the time, especially if your goals. So most of the goals that we hear about are either building muscle, losing body fat, a combination of the two, or really just general maintenance, like trying to eat healthy for life. And a higher protein intake is probably going to be helpful for all of those. And I'll explain why. So if you're looking to build muscle, protein is essential for recovery. And a lack of protein can mean you struggle to recover from exercise. So maybe that's why you're feeling fatigued, you're sore all the time, you struggle to recover. And if you're looking to lose body fat, a higher protein diet can also be really helpful for weight loss because protein helps you feel more satisfied for longer after you eat. And so you'll end up snacking less. And depending on which protein sources you choose, you'll actually end up eating overall less calories without putting in a ton of effort into like counting calories or anything like that. And honestly, most of the women that I talk to and most of my clients come to me with some confusion around protein. Part of that is due to media propaganda. It's been, there's been a big push for plant-based eating over the last few years. And you know me, I love vegetables. I'm all about that. But I think that there's a lot of dogma behind different styles of eating. And for example, one thing that I've seen a lot of is a, a meme or a post that says something along the lines of, 100 calories of broccoli has as much protein as 100 calories of steak, which makes it seem like, like broccoli is an awesome source of protein. The thing is, though, is do you know how much broccoli is actually in 100 calories of broccoli? That's like two whole heads of broccoli. So yeah, you could eat 100 calories of broccoli. You're probably going to not feel that great. You're probably going to be pretty gassy, probably not going to have very many friends that are going to want to hang out with you after that. 
But on the other hand, hundred calories of steak is a little bit smaller than the size of the palm of your hand. That's a much more realistic volume of food to be eating for that protein content. And don't get me wrong. I'm not pushing a meat focused uh, agenda here. Honestly, there are so many different ways, both plant-based and animal-based to get more protein in your diet. And honestly, if you were to ask me what I believe, I I'm a belief of including, I'm a believer of including both. I really like plant-based sources of protein. And I also really like animal-based sources of protein for variety purposes, for health purposes. And I'm going to link in the show notes. You can click on the, on a link there and enter your email to get a list of protein sources and also a PDF that helps you understand the comparison between different protein sources. So which ones tend to have more protein, which ones have carbs and which ones have fat as well. And this can be really, really helpful when you are starting to identify, well, what are the protein sources I'm already eating? And then what are some that I want to include more of? And so first I want to talk a little bit about what does a portion of protein actually look like? And so personally, I like to use hand portions with my clients. It's really amazing because there's no food scale involved. You don't have to weigh and measure everything. And your hands also travel with you wherever you go. And if you use them accurately or, or consistently, they're actually pretty accurate. So if you're using your hand to measure one portion of protein will be about the size and thickness of the palm of your hand, not including fingers. Over the course of the day, you're going to aim for anywhere between about three to six palm-sized portions of protein-rich foods. And the exact amount of portions that you're going to want to eat is going to depend on your goals, your preferences, your history. And if you're just starting out, and this already sounds a little bit overwhelming, we can make it even easier. One really simple way to go is just to aim for about a quarter plate's worth of protein-rich foods in each main meal. This is the balanced plate method and can be a really great place to start if you're just trying to begin and make sure that you have the things that you, that you need to make a balanced plate on your plate, essentially. And one of the things that I hear people struggle the most with, especially the women that I work with, is not actually knowing what is protein and what might be really a better fat source or a carbohydrate source. For example, let's say you don't eat a ton of meat and you have cheese as one of your main protein sources. And you might be taking in way more calories than you think you are because many cheeses, yes, have a lot of protein in them, but they're also extremely high in fat. And so that means, you know, for example, let's say hundred grams of a certain cheese may have the same amount of protein and the same amount of fat. So that compared to perhaps a lower fat protein source is going to contribute way more calories to your overall diet. And so yes, cheese can be higher in protein, but especially if fat loss is your goal, it may not be the best choice as your kind of main protein source in your meals. And so as I mentioned before, we're going to get protein from both plant and animal sources. And personally, I really like encouraging my clients to include both plant and animal sources over the course of the week. And I promise you that even if you don't want to just eat meat with every meal, you can definitely get enough protein without doing that. And by including both meat and animal-based sources, or sorry, both vegetable-based sources and animal-based sources in your diet. And so Let's talk about some good sources of protein. When we're talking about animal sources of protein, we're going to find pretty high protein in chicken, turkey, beef, fish, eggs, seafood, some dairy products. As I mentioned before, 
Um, a lot of cheese is higher in protein, but it's also quite high in fat. So it's actually considered to be a, a better fat source and really a protein source. And so when it comes to dairy, it's really helpful to look at the nutrition facts label. You're going to want to compare the amount of protein to the amount of fat and carbohydrate. You'll also find certain dairy products, especially low fat dairy products like skier yogurt, non-fat cottage cheese are quite high in protein and low in fat and carbs. Whereas something like goat cheese might be neck and neck when it comes to protein and fat. And again, this doesn't mean that you should only be eating low fat dairy products. It's simply to become more aware of where is my protein coming from. And in general, animal sources of protein, yeah, they will be higher in protein than most plant sources. And they also usually include some fat along with protein. And I'll give you an example. Salmon is a great source of protein, and it's also going to have a lot of healthy fats as well as eggs. Eggs are also going to have uh, both protein and fats. And if you download the PDF linked in the show notes, you're going to be able to see this illustrated and understand some more sources and where the protein, fat, and carbs lie on them. When we talk about vegetable sources, the ones that are going to include significant sources of protein include tofu, tempeh, seitan, edamame, beans, or pulses. So beans and pulses, kind of the same thing. And those are going to, you're going to find those in be, uh, beans, chickpeas, lentils, peas. And just a note. So if you've never tried tempeh before, so tempeh is fermented soybeans in I tried it for the first time in Indonesia years ago. It's, it's actually really common in Indonesian cooking, although often they do it fried, which is delicious, but maybe not how you want to eat it all the time. And I actually really like the texture of tempeh more than tofu. And because it is fermented, it can actually be really great for your digestive system, which is really cool. So I do want to make a note on beans as well. While they do contribute a decent source of protein, the ratio of protein to carbohydrate in beans and pulses is about a gram of protein to two grams of carbohydrates. And so that means that yes, beans and pulses are an awesome source of protein. They're also going to count as a carbohydrate source. And so this, something similar comes up as well. I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, nuts are a great source of protein. And so nuts do have some protein, but they're actually much higher in fat, most of them than they are in protein. So we would count them more as a fat source. And I want to note something on amino acids. When we talk about plant proteins and animal proteins, we understand that protein is important for our muscles and our general health. And the reason why is because our body actually breaks protein down into amino acids. And some of our body, some of our, our amino acids, our body actually produces naturally. And those are going to be non-essential amino acids, but there's actually nine essential amino acids that we have to ingest from food. We can't make those ourselves. And so animal proteins are what we call complete proteins. They include all of those essential amino acids. Whereas most plant sources, there are a couple of exceptions, only contain some of those essential amino acids. And so because of this, to get a variety of all of those essential amino acids in your diet, it's really helpful to eat a variety of different protein sources, especially if you're vegan or vegetarian. As I said, there are a few plant proteins that are considered complete proteins, and those are going to be soy, quinoa, amaranth, and hemp seeds. Uh, I think there's a couple others as well but they don't really contribute a huge amount of overall protein to your diet. For example, quinoa is going to be much higher in carbohydrates than it is in protein. And so you're, you're also going to want to try combining plant protein in many cases to get those complete proteins. 
So you can combine things like grains and legumes. So for example, beans and rice, you can combine nuts and seeds or legumes. So a great example of this would be hummus. Hummus includes chickpeas, which would be a legume and tahini, which is made from ground sesame seeds, which would be a nut or seed. And when we're talking about the benefits of eating more protein overall is that one of the biggest ones is that you're going to feel a lot more satisfied overall with your meals. And so one thing that I work with my clients in both my group programs, one-on-one coaching and any of my courses is actually noticing what it feels like to be satisfied after eating. And so we look at different combinations of foods or different foods, and it can give you so much insight into what does work for your body and what can help you make tweaks to how to structure your meals. And protein is one of those things that actually overall contributes a much higher level of satisfaction. If you're curious a little bit more to understand a little bit more of the difference between fullness and satisfaction, you can go back to episode eight and I will link that in the show notes so that you can click on it and go back and listen to that one. If you want a a little bit of a better understanding around hunger and fullness and satisfaction. But now I think you have a better understanding overall of protein and why it's important, where you can find it. And so I want to give you some tips to actually increase your overall protein intake if that's something that you feel like you're struggling with. And so the first one, super basic, you might hear me say this and be like, Jillian, did you even really need to tell me this? But sometimes it's just really helpful to hear this out loud because sometimes it just is. I know this. I, I need to hear some sometimes silly things out loud as well. And so that's just increasing your protein portion sizes. And you're probably already eating at least some protein in at least one meal a day. So a really simple way to increase your overall protein intake would just be to increase the size of that portion. Maybe you notice that, you know, it doesn't actually reach the size of your palm. So maybe you make that portion a little bit bigger, or maybe in one meal a day, you eat two palm size portions in that meal. Maybe before listening to this podcast, you were a little bit confused about what was a protein source and what wasn't. So start by identifying what the protein sources on your plate are currently, and then just add a little bit extra. And so this might look like adding a larger piece of chicken to your plate. Maybe you have half a block of tofu instead of a quarter. Maybe you add more beans or lentils to your plate instead of an extra scoop of rice. Maybe you have a two egg omelet instead of a one egg omelet. The, the possibilities are endless here. The second tip that I talked about a lot in the last podcast episode in episode 15, where we talked about meal planning is to plan your meals around your protein source. And so this is a mindset shift that works to help it help make it so much easier to build balanced meals and also make sure that you're getting in protein in most meals throughout your day. So I want you to think about it like this. And if you listen to that episode, that last episode, you're going to be pretty clear on this already but you're going to start with choosing your protein and then you're going to add your sides or create a recipe around that protein source. And so this is going to mean that you're going to want to put more protein sources on your grocery list. And you're going to want to also, in my opinion, I think this is really helpful, become friends with your freezer so that you can buy, for example, I tend to buy uh, fish in larger amounts and then I'll freeze them in individual portions. So I can just pull them out in the morning and let it defrost before lunch or dinner. And in my upcoming course, which I'm sort of between calling it the confident eating course or the empowered eating course, kind of like empowered eating a little bit better, but that is one of the things that you're going to learn is to find your best meal planning method. That's going to work for your schedule. That's going to work for your preferences. And so if you want to be coached to actually figure that out and learn 
how to make meal planning, getting protein on your plate easier and feel really empowered in understanding how to do that. I'm going to be opening up spots for the beta round of the program very soon. And yeah, just DM me, let me know you want to know a little bit more about that, but moving on. So the last tip that I think can be really, really helpful to boost your protein intake is to just swap out some of the foods that you're already eating. And this can be an awesome way to add bits of protein through to your day without feeling like you're just stuffing your face with meat or fish. And it can be super helpful if you're someone that likes variety. I'm someone that I can eat a variety of variation on something very similar for a long time. I think I've had the same breakfast now for like six months, but I like it. So, okay. But for you, what might work better is to look at, maybe you're making a pasta salad. And so you switch out, you know, chickpeas or a chickpea based pasta for the regular pasta. Maybe you make a stir fry and you add an extra egg on top of it. Maybe you switch out your yogurt in your breakfast for a higher protein yogurt or cottage cheese instead. Some of my personal favorite ways to boost protein in my day is when I make a salad, I usually add beans to it for a little more protein. I also, I love putting chicken in my salads. I love chicken. I'm sorry. Chicken thighs are the best. And I do the adding an extra egg on top of everything. (laughs) Also, if you're just going to make scrambled eggs or an omelet, you can always add an extra egg white for some protein. I like adding a lentil-based pasta when I make soups, or if I'm going to eat some rice, sometimes I'll mix rice with lentils for a little bit of a higher protein side dish. And I know that if you're starting out, or maybe you're working towards breaking some of your old rules around food or around protein, this approach might take time and that's okay. Choose one of these tips to start working on and take it on little by little. Maybe you just start by becoming aware of like, what is the protein source on each of my plates? Do all of my plates have a protein source in them? Get curious about what types of meals feel most most satisfying for you. This can be a really helpful one. You may notice when you have a higher protein meal, you feel fuller for longer. That's great. That's a great thing to notice. And that's motivation to, to keep adding protein in your meals. And for so many of my clients, once they start boosting their protein intake, they notice that they really stop that feeling of constant hunger or feeling like they're hungry in a very short time after eating a meal. And the last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up is you may be wondering why I haven't mentioned things like protein powders or protein bars or protein snacks and powders, snacks, bars, they all can be a way to boost your protein intake. And honestly, a good quality protein powder, like a whey isolate or a whey protein powder or a plant-based protein powder, um, make sure to read the ingredients on all of these, or I'm happy to answer questions if you have any questions on them. Though all of those things can be a way to boost your protein intake. And they're really just another tool in your nutrition toolbox. So it's not something that you need to get in enough protein, but it can be really helpful if you struggle to get in enough protein throughout the day, a scoop of protein powder in your breakfast, a protein shake, a protein bar. It can be a helpful way of getting in more protein if you so decide, but know that it is not necessary. As with anything I talk about in these episodes, please feel free to just slide into my DMs. I've gotten some feedback on the podcast so far, and I just thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So far, all the podcast, all the feedback has been awesome. But also if you have any, actually, I got some constructive criticism the other day from my dad. My dad listens to my podcast. Hi, dad. And he said, He really enjoyed my podcast, but I talk too fast. So I am trying to speak more slowly. It is going to be an effort for me because I speak very quickly, naturally. So I hope that I was able to speak slightly more slowly in this episode, and I will continue to make an effort on that. So thank you for the feedback, dad. 
And I also will mention before we close up that I will be opening up spots for the beta round of my confident slash empowered eating course very soon. And what you're going to learn in this course is you're going to go from feeling like you're putting in a lot of effort into your eating without seeing the results to being the person that is confident and empowered to make better decisions about what and how they eat and someone that is consistent in making those things happen. If you're someone that is kind of chaotic and you're eating, maybe you find yourself eating mindlessly all the time, you know, that feeling of like hitting the bottom of the bag of the chips and you're like, I don't know how I got there. Or you feel like you tend to get super, super hungry and then end up overeating because of it, because you kind of have a chaotic eating schedule. Or if you just want to get some clarity on what are the things that I should be doing in my nutrition to be consistent, this course is going to help you with that and also teach you a healthy dose of self-compassion along the way. So if you're interested, send me a DM and send me the word confidence, please. And that way I know that you're going to be reaching out to talk about this program. And you're always welcome to send me a message about anything else as well. Don't forget to download the PDF in the show notes. And I will see you again on the next episode. Thank you so much for being here.